The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to continue our series discussing how to create, promote, and operationalize an effective SEO strategy for 2019. Joining us today is Jeff Preston, who is the director of SEO at News Corp-owned Realtor.com. Prior to moving into his current role, Jeff also held leadership roles managing content and site optimization for multiple properties at Disney, where he received this year's Internet Marketer of the Year Award from the Internet Marketing Association. And today, Jeff is going to walk us through his strategy and process for creating an SEO-friendly content plan. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Jeff, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you, Benjamin. I'm glad to be here. It's uh, it's wonderful to connect with you, and I'm honored to be talking to this year's Internet Marketer of the Year. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably the biggest person was surprised by that was me. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. How does it feel to be the reigning champ of internet marketing? <laughs> well, it'd be it'd be more fun if I was Super Bowl champ or uh, UFC champ or something like that. But uh, yeah, I was. Uh, Excited to to get that. Hey, at least this way there aren't three hundred pound men trying to tackle you and gouge your eyes out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, your your background a little bit. Uh, how does one get to become the Internet Marketer of the Year? Probably have some great experience. Set some context for our uh, you know SEO community listening to this podcast. Uh, tell us a little about your experience and what's your current role. Yeah, um, probably like many of us, I fell into SEO. Um, during a, a summer internship when I was in graduate school, in business school. 
And I was working on a website. I had spent some of my earlier career in Japan and could speak enough Japanese that I got a job building a, a website that sold anime DVDs. And this is back in the day before streaming. And we were outranking Amazon for lots of our titles. And so I, I couldn't understand why that could possibly be. It was like four of us in a garage were beating Amazon. This is before Amazon cared about SEO. And um, then I started to dig into it. I didn't even know what SEO meant at the time, but um, started digging into it and I kind of fell in love with it. Kind of the mix between the art and the science. And when I finished school, I ended up um, getting an agency job in Japan and was kind of like the country manager in Japan. And we were doing websites and SEO and SEM. And as things happened, I uh, ended up um, getting married and, ha- and having a child. I had to kind of decide whether I wanted to uh, stay in Japan longer term or come back to California where I'm from. Um, right at that time when that happened, there was a job um, at Disney. Um, and so I applied for that job and went through kind of the gauntlet old interviews and then um, was given a, a nine-month contract, kind of prove it contract and ended up moving my family from Japan to Los Angeles. Um, and then that started a 10-year career at Disney. So at Disney, you started off in SEO after sort of doing a, a bootstrap startup type experience? Correct. And uh, you, you moved all the way up to managing multiple different properties. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your responsibilities were at, at Disney. Yeah, it's a um, great question. So at the beginning, I was just working basically on the movies that would come out that were Disney titled. So my first ever project uh, was Wall-E. I don't know if you remember that. Sure. That Pixar movie. So that was my first project. And at the time, the Disney website was built in Flash. And then all the navigation was in JavaScript. And um, you know, for sure, it was not SEO friendly. So kind of whatever I did seemed we had this huge <laughs> uptick in uh, organic traffic. And so that got some attention from, from leadership. And then we were able to build out the team. And over the years, we ended up collecting more and more websites that we we're working on. And uh, recently, you moved on from Disney. You managed multiple different properties there. Right. And you're also involved in the content production. And now you're at Realtor.com. Tell us about not only the, how the company is structured, but also you know, how does SEO fit into the, the company's plans? Yeah, so Realtor is interesting in that um, it's you know a real estate listing site, and there's lots of competitors that do the same thing. In that a house is put up for sale, and a real estate agent enters the information, and it it ends up going through kind of a pipeline and ends up on a website. And then if we're in the market for buying a home or selling a home or um, renting, um, hopefully when people are searching for our neighborhood, San Mateo, homes for sale that our website would pop up. And um, then we can kind of connect the realtors with home buyers. Um, so that's basically kind of the business model. Um, so realtor.com is owned by a, a real estate kind of company called Move, um, which is also in itself owned by News Corp, the media company. And what really attracted me to this job is not only is it a real estate listing site, which there are many on the internet, um, but it's also part of a bigger media company um, that owns like the Wall Street Journal and Dow and a lot of um, newspapers around the world. There's about 100 newspapers around the world. So that would seem like an exciting challenge 
to lead the SEO for a realtor site, but also have the power of a, a media company behind it, which is familiar to me from Disney. Yeah. So there's the the correlation of having some media experience. That's really what your background was coming from back to your DVD selling days. Right. Um, and then all the way through Disney. And now you're a company that understands media, but you're really doing more of a more of a consumer service. And you're doing SEO optimization for listings that show up in short periods of time and go away. Um, tell me a little bit about how you think about your content strategy. And, and I want to specifically dive into, you know, with Realtor.com, housing listings don't last forever and you can't control when those pages are created and, you know, how long they last. So what's the content strategy that you're building that's outside of the actual house listing? Yeah, we have maybe three things. We have a news and insights um, section of our site and it's staffed by, you know, the best writers you can find, all professional journalists. And their job is mainly kind of a mix of news for the real estate agents, but there's also news about the industry, you know, interest rates are going up or down, but there's also a section for people who maybe they're first time home buyers uh, who want to know how to, how to do things correctly. So there's a lot of advice there. The other popular content that we have though is a, about particular homes that we write up. Mm-hmm. So there might be an interesting home that was built in Alaska or Hawaii or somewhere that maybe in our day-to-day lives that we don't get to see. So that's some interesting content we produce. And then also around celebrity homes. Um, those are always uh, popular pieces of content. So what I'm hearing is that you have a couple different targets in terms of who you're producing content for, right? There's the first-time home buyers. Right. There are your home seekers, people that are actively looking for listings. There's your real estate agents who are looking for news and events. And then there's, I don't know, there's sort of like entertainment type content related to real estate, which is, sure, you know, glamour homes, famous homes, interesting projects. What portion of your focus is creating content that is evergreen, something that's, you know, going to be consistently driving more traffic over time, like your first time home buyer guides? And what part of it is more, um, you know, traditional entertainment content, which has a shorter lifespan and is more kind of a news and event type thing? Yeah. So we try to have like kind of a balanced mix. And there's, I guess, more scholarly or professional like an economist would write. We definitely have that content. Um, and then in that, that marketing mix, I guess, or the content mix, then we have some of this evergreen content. And what's great about the evergreen content, and this is something like other people in the media do, like we did at ESPN, was this is great content and we want to have it kind of a permanent home for it. But we can also go back and update it. So it's not like we're going to publish it once and then never go touch it. There's always an opportunity as real estates change, as real estates become more of an internet thing, um, we definitely go back and make changes to that content. And in kind of a technical SEO, we want to keep that URL the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have, you know, maybe an, then the other third of it is kind of the newsy celebrity, check out this great house kind of posts that do get a lot of traffic. 
So you said the other third of it, where there's your your news content, there's your evergreen content, which you're going and updating it. What was the, I'm missing a third there. So I guess the, there's more f- for professionals, mm-hmm. um, where like an economist, we would write a thing about, hey, the interest rates are going this way or that way. Right. And we expect the impact to the home market to go you know, up or down. Mm-hmm. Then there's um, definitely like guides and that kind of that, high quality evergreen content, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to do your first mortgage or how to sell your first home. or mm-hmm. And then the last thing is more of, uh, you know, uh, I guess more entertainment stuff that in some ways can be evergreen, these interesting homes, or this is where celebrities are living. Um, but most of the time it's more topical type stuff. Yeah, more topical. But the team has tried to have that kind of balance. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about your planning process. Are you when you're coming down with a content plan, is this something that you're doing a year at a time, a quarter at a time, a month at a time? Is it a daily editorial process? How do you figure out what you're going to be writing, uh, you know, what topics you're going to cover, and how do you keep that balance? Yeah, so for for us, an annual plan is difficult um, just because the economy could change and that would be hard to plan out that way. Um, we usually do a quarter and then here's a whole bunch of things we'd like to cover in the quarter. And then we get to the month and then we'll go down to a weekly plan of these are the things we want to do. Uh, when I was at ESPN, we could plan out a whole year around events. Mm-hmm. So the Super Bowls every year, the World Series every year, the NBA playoffs are every year around the same time. So in that way, it became easy for those evergreen events um, in the real estate world, it's a little bit more in flux um, because the news will pop up um, that we weren't expecting. And so in that case, having a smaller planning window is better for us. There's no Super Bowl of real estate. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I guess the migration from you know Long Island to uh, the eastern part of Florida during the winter might be the closest thing you get to it. <laughs> right, right, right. For example, for, for yeah, or yeah, people going on vacations, yeah, around Christmas, the holidays, and uh, right, and how how would uh, would you see some interesting homes in Hawaii or Florida or in the Caribbean or somewhere like that? Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you in terms of the planning process is essentially on a quarterly basis, you're kind of building your framework for what you want to cover in that quarter you have a sense of some of the topics that are going to come up where, for example, in the holidays, you know, maybe people are traveling more. What are some warmer destinations in the winter? You're going to do a couple profiles of that, or, you know, there's going to be an interest rate change at the beginning of the year. Maybe that's something you're going to cover. Then you have a monthly review where you're really, I'm assuming, picking what your more details of the actual content you're going to produce. And then you have my kind of a weekly operational meeting. Is that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell me about how you're working with the content team. You know, who's responsible for SEO? What's the SEO's relationship while you're doing the content planning? Is it all owned under the same umbrella? Do you manage both or do you work cross-functionally with other teams? Yeah. And so for at least for us here, um, we have uh, excellent writers and very talented editors. So for the SEO team, we can kind of take a step back. Mm-hmm. And let them do their thing. And for us, it's more of a consulting and suggestions mm-hmm. of saying, "Hey, this is we produced this content in the last thirty days. This is how it performed." Mm-hmm. And there might be some surprises, and there might be 
you know, some wins that we can discuss and why those performed and try to find the theme of why those performed well. Um, as far as looking forward, so there's definitely like a look back of this is how we performed the last month. Looking forward, there is definitely like, hey, this is, we've got some suggestions. Uh, the SEO team has some suggestions of how we could tackle some of these things we've planned out. And then it gets in it more of, and you've talked about this on the podcast, your keyword planning. Mm -hmm. And are there keywords that we could gracefully kind of lace in some of these articles that would support it? Are we trying to go for these massive head terms? Or are we trying to go for maybe secondary keywords? And those, so those are all discussions that the SEO team can go over with the editorial team. But when the editorial team's creating their content, you know, they, they get to kind of do their thing. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, so it sounds like the editorial team at the end of the day owns the editorial decisions, which makes sense. Right. And the SEO team serves as a consultant in the sense that you're doing analysis of the content performance. You're talking about what some of the SEO strategies are that can drive incremental gains. What are some of the priority keywords? You know, do you want to focus on head, belly, tail terms? Correct. Um, interesting. How often do you interface with those teams and, and, and what does their editorial planning process look like? Yeah, so they have a, just a normal kind of newsroom um, set up where, you know, they have a plan of stories they want to cover. It gets assigned to different writers. And then as the writers put their stories together, there might be photos. Um, there will be definitely interviews to put those pieces of work together. And so there's just a definite... It kind of has a newsroom feel mm -hmm. where different writers are working on different projects and they, and they all sit together um, in New York City. It sounds like there's a, a little bit of... I don't want to say conflict, but there's a little bit of a working relationship where, you know, on the SEO side from the technical SEO side of the house, you know, you want to have a plan. You have these big projects that take long times to implement. You're doing 
from what we've heard from you know previous guests, we talked to John Shahada yeah. uh, from Condé Nast. You know, they're doing a yearly content planning cycle and they're updating their plans every quarter and they do a couple of big projects. And then on the editorial side, those things are happening, you know, on the quarterly basis at best. Right. But in reality, a lot of those decisions are being made on a weekly basis of what we're going to write this week. Correct. How do you stay sort of on top of both these large strategic projects that take a long period of time and then remain agile and, you know, be able to insert influence with your editorial team when they're operating on a, you know, daily or weekly update basis? I think the most important thing, and this is kind of an SEO theme, whether you're talking about technical SEO or editorial or content planning, is to have just a good relationship with that team. And where it becomes interesting is that I'm definitely responsible for how much organic traffic we get to the site. Um, And then the editor is in charge of the quality and the quantity of the the content. So we have to work together. Mm -hmm. But they know they want to have SEO optimized content so that performs well in organic search. So there's kind of a, a teamwork where we have to go back and forth and I can say, hey, this is what we're seeing. This is my suggestions. And then we just kind of start from there. Yeah, there's a shared KPI where you're both responsible for the amount of organic traffic and they need you to make sure that their content ranks and performs and you need them to produce content that's going to hit the right set of keywords so you have something solid to work with. Right. And not only solid have those keywords in there, but it's very well written that it's easy to share and mm-hmm. um, you know it's of the highest quality. Yeah, there's just that balance. And what I'm trying to get at is there's the balance of the artistic side of editorial, right? And right. you want creatives to be able to be creative and, and sort of work in the moment. And when they're inspired, be able to produce content that is uh, unique, differentiated, interesting. And then there is the planning element of SEO, which requires time and thoughtfulness and, you know, that to me seems like, A, I understand having a great working relationship, but it's also like you have to allow them to work on the last minute and you need to plan months in advance. Those two things don't seem like they're necessarily in balance with each other. Right. And so there's definitely going to be a fire drill or, or you know, the hot, hot topic that pops up that no one was expecting. Um, and so that, that definitely happens. And then you, you just kind of do your best. Most of the SEO team is here on the West Coast and the editorial team is on the East Coast. That kind of becomes a challenge early in the morning. And there's definitely things that we have to work out. From a time management perspective, understanding that you're going to have the you know, emerging news, um, you know, even something like real estate, maybe the, the most expensive house in the world gets listed and it's in Des Moines, Iowa. Correct. Right. Obviously going to be a great news story, something that you have to tackle. How do you block off time or or make sure that you are not missing deadlines knowing that you're going to have these fire drills pop up? Do you, do you carve out time to just deal with the unexpected? Yeah, definitely. And then there's the regular, I think having that regular cadence, that's assuring because that can catch most of it. That we we have these standing meetings and I have standing one-on-ones and that helps a lot. And then knowing that, hey, the writing writers and the editors, they can text me at home at 6 a.m. if something pops up. 
and that we have, but I know they won't do that unless it's something urgent. Right. So kind of that, that relationship of trust really, really helps. There's no uh, cross-country bat signal that, uh, yeah. you know, a house <laughs> over $10 million has been listed. So yeah, if something came up that it was something that urgent, um, they have the green light to reach out <laughs> and then we'll, uh, we'll make the best of it. But again, usually those are the edge cases, but most of the work can be done just with just making sure we block out enough time to, as a team, communicate. Right. At, at Disney, it was the actual bat signal and, and at <laughs> move.com and, and realtor.com, you guys just use SMS. Yeah, yeah. So there was the Avengers thing back, at, back in the Disney days. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, I also want to hear about the content update process. You mentioned earlier that you know one of the three pillars of content that you're working on, you have a couple different buyer segments, but you're going back and you're, you're touching up your evergreen content. Is there a process there? And what's the timeline look like? How can SEOs think about how to review their existing content as opposed to focus on what they're creating that's new? So I had a colleague, uh, Michael Lodge at uh, Disney that he, I liked how he coined this and we just kept using it, was there's a gap analysis is where, hey, this is content we don't have, but we should be able to create. And then if we do create it, we have a great chance to rank for it because it's in our, it's in our, uh, it's a theme that we could write about authoritatively. It's in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's in our wheelhouse. So there's a gap analysis. The other is more of a playbook of we've got great content, but it's not performing well. So it's maybe it's on the second page. And what can we do to make that move up? And so that's us as SEOs looking at the content is, are we using the wrong words? That's why it doesn't rank higher. Or is there not enough links pointing to it that could boost it? And so there's definitely, I think for a good content plan, you want to have both. There's great content that we already have. What can we do to make it rank better? And then we, we're missing this content. What can we do to get it created? And are you doing that on a consistent basis? Are you able to schedule out, hey, we're going to review our existing content once a month and pick five articles and update them? Or is it just sort of an ad hoc analysis? Um, as an SEO team, like, I guess on the SEO team side, we can review it and review how those are performing. And then suggest of like, next time we have our, our editorial SEO meeting, then we can suggest like, hey, we noticed here's some candidates. Mm-hmm. If, if there's time on the editorial to go back and take a look and see if there's anything we can do yeah. to, uh, to move those forward. So it sounds like you're, since you're dependent on the editorial team, it works into your sort of ongoing weekly dialogue with them, but there is no cadence where you're saying, hey, once a quarter, we review all of our content. And no, it's a little bit more ad hoc. Yeah, it's a little ad hoc. Yeah. The, and we might find that the reason that the, some of this good, con, good call and content's not ranking better is more of a technical SEO thing that I have to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not enough internal links or there's, there's something we did on the SEO side or did not do, we failed to do that maybe is contributing to underperforming content. Yeah. At the end, I mean, you you mentioned this. My takeaway here is that the relationship between the content team and the sort of technical part of SEO has to be a consistent dialogue. And when you're working at scale across multiple properties, you know, in, in the move.com, realtor.com example, you're focusing on different types of buyers. You're really not able to do a ton of planning out on the quarterly basis, maybe with some exceptions where you mentioned ESPN 
hey, I know the Super Bowl is going to be in February. We're going to write about that. Right. And you could start building a plan there. But a lot of it is about building close relationships, keeping a regular dialogue, and then also making sure that your um, incentives are aligned and, and you're sort of sharing KPIs so everybody feels like we're all on the same page in terms of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I, that's exactly right. And again, going back to the that relationship and the trust is that these are professional writers who are paid to write. So that's their job. And so whatever suggestions I make, it's done in kind of a respectful manner. The same, I would have that same discussion with the engineering team about technical SEO. Um, that if we have that relationship of trust, like everything goes a lot better. Yeah. I think the underlying theme there is that you're dependent in as an SEO on multiple different organizations. Sure. Right. You you have to work with your content team. Obviously, you have to have buy-in from your leadership team. You're working with your editorial team, you know, your product managers, the business. There's a bunch of different people that SEOs sort of serve as at a bare minimum, a consulting function too. And so so when you're talking about planning, outside of just, you know, the operational work as an SEO, you also need to be planning to build and cultivate and develop the interpersonal relationships with your team because you're dependent on them to be successful. I'd add to that, like the larger the company, the more critical that becomes. Mm-hmm. If you're in a small company, you can just walk over and ask somebody. But again, I'm I'm on the other side of the country or we're at different time zones. Like having that good relationship where we can work together and we're kind of faithful to them, they're faithful to us. And you know, I I answer emails quick, they answer emails quick. Like all of that would would seem like common sense things, but unless we're doing that well, um, we're not gonna be as um high performing as far as our SEO. Yeah, my my key takeaway is when we're thinking about content planning, it's not like your technical planning, like we talked about in our last episode, where you're coming up with a yearly plan and you're evaluating on a quarterly basis and you have your three or four big projects that you're working to achieve to sort of do these step-level function changes. This is a process that is an ongoing hand-to-hand combat battle that happens on a daily or weekly basis. And where you're actually doing most of your planning is scheduling the time to build the cross-functional relationship, setting your reoccurring meeting with your cross-functional partners, not coming up with a content plan that is three, six months, 12 months out, right? It's really just about saying what is the best time and cadence for us to communicate to make sure that we stay on the same page. And when we do show up for that monthly meeting, you know, the SEO team better be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Have your S and- together. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to, here's, we've got all the performance. We're looking back. We're looking forward. Here's a bunch of recommendations. And, um, you know, that we're very active partners. That's critical as well. Okay. Any last words of advice for the SEO community as they think about their content planning for 2019? My advice would be, yeah, just again, be very good partners to your content team. They're the professionals that know how to write well. And, uh, we support them, but if they write great content, I would make sure to celebrate with them. If we write something, it ends up going number one for some competitive keywords. The content performs very well. Then make sure to go back and celebrate with them. And I think sometimes maybe when I was earlier in my career, I would spike the ball and say, hey, what a great job the SEO team's doing. Mm-hmm. But it was really the writers created great content. That's what performed well. Yeah. And so always make sure to go back and let's go back and celebrate 
what great content you guys provided. I think that's the uh, the beauty of two buck chuck. You can buy a cheap bottle of wine any time of the year, yeah. uh, celebrate your successes, and when you're giving constructive feedback, frame it as a way that both teams can uh, continue to develop and become successful. And you know, you have to manage the relationships with your editorial team. Let your creatives be creative, right? And uh, and guide and support them more than push them a specific direction to cultivate that relationship. Because at the end of the day, you are truly in it together. Correct. And uh, I think that's great advice. And, and let's land the plan there. That wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jeff Preston, the director of SEO at Realtor.com. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jeff, You can find a link to his bio in our show notes, or you can shoot him a tweet at Jeffrey Preston. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-P-R-E-S-T-O-N. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or you want to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can tweet me at Ben J. Shap. That's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And lastly, if you enjoyed this show and you're feeling generous, we would love it for you to leave us a review in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.